When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. everybody welcome back to another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silverscreenandroll.com i am christian rebus joined by jacob rude our schedules are lined up so we have saturdays fridays and saturdays off uh so technically speaking we do not have to watch lakers games that day i still do on most nights because i enjoy watching the lakers um and it's you know the times where I can watch it as a fan. Um, but on Saturday night, I was out with a few friends and we were trying to get the TV to work on this outdoor patio area we were at. And I think two or three minutes into me trying to get it to work, one of my friends told me the score to the game and I just stopped trying. Like, like much like the Lakers, <laughs> I stopped trying after a, a certain point in the first quarter. And so I did not watch Saturday night's game live. I did end up watching it uh, when I got home and again this morning because I'm a masochist. And boy, was that not a fun game. That was the opposite of what you want to watch uh, as a basketball <laughs> fan, but especially as a Lakers fan. So, yeah, obviously you, you laid it out. Um, it, it kind of varies where I'm, what I feel like if I want to watch the games on Fridays or Saturdays, usually if I don't like you, I'll watch it on Sunday. Um, I was watching the, it was a, a crappy sports weekend. I don't know how much cussing we're allowed to do here, but it's a crappy sports weekend for me. Um, I was watching IU get absolutely trounced to as the Laker game was starting. And by the time I kind of wrapped everything up with the IU game, I saw enough about the Lakers game that I was like, no, I think I'm going to sit this one out. I'm not going to watch this one live. And then I saw more and more stuff. Uh, read Harrison's kind of recap and and whatnot, and thought, you know, I'm just not going to watch this game. <laughs> I I never watched the full game. I saw clips and highlights, but uh, I practiced good mental health and did not go back and watch <laughs> that uh that Laker game. I got plenty more than enough to understand what happened. They they gave up basically last night. Uh, well, last night as we we're recording this, which. To some extent, considering where their injury issues are, it's um, understandable, but it's not excusable, I guess. Yeah, the, the thing with me is throughout all of this, through them blowing a lead to the Thunder twice, I've had fun with it. I'm just like, none of this matters. It's a few games into the season. Like, this is all part of the growing pains to me, part of the process. And so for the most part, I haven't freaked out at all. I definitely think there are areas of concern with the team that you had hoped would have been calmed by now, like areas of concern that I had going into the season. And I think we're getting getting to a point with the Lakers that 
the concerns you had about them going into the summer, the worst case scenario, it's starting to trend towards that. And I think that's where you start to get worried. But more than that, my worries stem from the amount of injuries on this team. Like it all goes back to whether LeBron can stay healthy, uh, which uh, going back to the point of having concerns going into the season, the whole point of trading for us was that in the event that LeBron got hurt, Russ and AD would be able to carry the Lakers. That hasn't been the case. You can point fingers all around whose fault it is. Russell Westbrook uh, by himself last night because AD left the game with stomach problems. Certainly do didn't do anything to, you know, establish himself as the Lakers front man when both of those guys are out. One of 13 shooting from the field and negative 20 in the box score. Um, it's not looking great for the Lakers. And I guess my question for you is, is even the the best form of this team from what you've seen which again there are a few key players missing i do want to say that trevor trevor is a taylor horton tucker kendrick nunn but from what you've seen from the core players the starting lineup in the in the limited sample size they've been together is this team at full strength do you think going to be as good as you thought the best case scenario would be going into the season. I'm about to take the coward's answer here and say, I don't know because (laughs) I, we don't know what this team is like at full strength. Um, The full strength version that I've seen. I mean, there's still a lot of concerns I have, but I'll be a company shill here. I really liked what Harrison wrote last night after the game where he was like, (laughs) he basically said, listen, these guys uh, basically aren't trying because the the team isn't healthy. Aren't trying is probably harsh, but they just don't really give a damn right now because the team isn't healthy. This isn't anything close to what this version of the team is going to look like. It's not even really like there's a lot of role players that can they can kind of build chemistry with um, because there's just so many bodies that aren't available. Like if you look at the box score, this has been the case for a while. Assuming everybody was fully healthy, and even if you want to go as far as saying it's like a, a playoff game, how many guys in the box score last night would actually be playing in like a, a meaningful game? Because DeAndre is not. I don't think Avery Bradley is. Rondo isn't. Wayne Ellington isn't. Based on how he's played the last two weeks, Malik Monk isn't right now. That's five guys right there. You can make a starting five of guys who aren't going to be playing when these games start mattering. Now, to also shamelessly plug myself is uh, I wrote today that I mean, injuries are an excuse, but they're kind of running out of goodwill. Like, um, both things can be true, I think. I think that they can not want to take any of this particularly seriously right now, but also kind of burning up their goodwill that they would have in that regard. Um, 
there are games like like in a vacuum there are games like Saturday that happen especially on the road throughout the season mm-hmm. but that it came on the heels of that OKC loss with that loss coming on the heels of the OKC loss a week prior uh, as you said this is not trending in a good way right now there's still a ton of time for it to turn around um, but it, it LeBron's not here. I don't think LeBron's coming back anytime soon. So yeah. uh, I, I would say LeBron's probably not going to play this week. So are you just going to mail it in for the three or four games you're going to play until he gets back? Um, you can't do that. So the Lakers are kind of in an early fork in the road moment where I understand why they're playing like they are, but they can't keep doing it like this because you can't just flip a switch when LeBron comes back and say, all right, we're good. Let's, let's do this because like they still have to learn a lot of stuff when LeBron comes back, like LeBron, Russ and ADs are starting to look really good at their best. They had the game the other night where they all scored, uh, I believe is at least 20 points. Um, so, I mean, there's reason to believe, kind of going back to your question, like the best version of this team, it was starting to show itself a bit. But um, I believe that came against Houston when we had to, like, come back to win the game. So I don't know. I don't really know. I, I don't know what I know about this team yet, really, <laughs> uh, because this is this is a team that this isn't the complete version of it. There's a lot of guys that are going to be playing that are on the bench right now, but I mean, these games are still going to matter and you still have to play them. So you can't just mail it in like they did on Saturday. Yeah. And I think the, the point that you made that I am most worried about uh, and where I become actually concerned about the future of this team is you're right. When LeBron comes back, things will get better. But is better good? And from what we've seen from at least the starting lineup, their best lineup, better is not elite. There's still so many things they have to work out in a short amount of time. And my worry is as much as they've preached patience all season long there does come a point where you feel like your back is against the wall and that you have a lot of ground to cover and fingers start getting pointed like why are we in this position and i will have a story hopefully coming um tomorrow morning monday morning i should say about why i think some people within the organization deserve more credit than what they're getting right now. Uh, and if you're a smart person, you could probably guess that person is Frank Vogel. Uh, I won't spend too much time on that, but I do want to get your thoughts on it. Cause as far as I know, you won't be writing anything on Frank uh, in the next few days, unless he gets fired. <laughs> Let's hope I'm not writing anything on Franklin. Um, I it's 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 always I don't want to say tricky. I'm not even sure what the word is. When when teams struggle like this, 
the easiest finger to point at or easiest place to point a finger at is at the head coach because you're, he's just kind of the, the lightning rod. We're losing these games and you're playing Rondo too much or we're losing these games and DeAndre's starting. They have 10 healthy guys right now. And I think I pointed this out last time we were on, but of those 10 healthy, healthy guys, four of them are combo guards. Or excuse me, six of them are, are combo guards. Four of them are not. So you basically, he has no choice but to play Rondo right now. He has no choice but to play DeAndre right now. So he's he's stuck in this hard place where he doesn't want he doesn't want to put out these rotations. Uh, he has to. Um, I thought Darius Soriano kind of summed it up well, where the Lakers could kind of cobble together enough rotations right now. Or they could cobble together a rotation that mm-hmm. uh, could work, but it's only going to work for like a, a very brief amount of time. Like there's only a couple lineups that work and there's not enough over a full 48 minutes um, for that to be the case. So I am largely of the viewpoint that I don't even really know how much I blame Frank Vogel for everything going on. Because, like, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Um, some of the lineup and rotation stuff is head-scratching at times. Um, he took Russ and AD out at the same time in that OKC game that they ended up losing. Uh, but the they only played about two possessions without them. I mean, OKC scored both times, and they I think they tied or took the lead. But... Um, you can understand he was trying to steal a couple minutes of rest before the, the TV timeout. But I mean, also like in normal situations, you would hope to be able to kind of afford that couple of Mm. minutes where you're only playing two possessions without them. So I, I don't want to entirely say like Frank Vogel has done nothing wrong. He has, but he hasn't done as much wrong as I think fans have been upset at him for. I, there are a lot, I'm a lot more upset with the roster construction of this team than I am about what Frank Vogel has done. And I think that's absolutely right. We'll stop there because I do want to talk about that. Uh, and more, I guess, people that I, <laughs> at the opposite of, of not getting enough credit, uh, not getting enough crap. Uh, so that'll be us when we get back. I think we're in the same boat um, when it comes to Frank Vogel. I think he's a good coach who has shown with the right pieces can play a style of basketball that is conducive to winning championships. And that is a team that can play defense, get points and fast break. Uh, I think that was Luke Walton's philosophy uh, while Hmm. he was here, but obviously didn't execute it and and Frank did in his first year with the team. Uh, And for the most part with LeBron James, that is the type of players you want to put around him. Players that play defense, make open shots. And, you know, if you get a lob threat in there, we're going, we're rolling. We're going to win a lot of games. The Lakers since signing LeBron James, for some reason have tried to 
like reinvent LeBron ball. And obviously I don't know what those conversations are like in the organization. Maybe LeBron, when he came to LA was like, listen, I'm at a stage of my career where I don't want the ball in my hands as much, or maybe I'd like to play a different style of play, or maybe somebody I want to play with is going to force me to play a different style of basketball, which is all fine and dandy. I don't think if the Lakers go down this road with Frank Vogel, which I don't think is going to happen one, but if they do, I don't know how you can blame any of this on Frank when you're trying to introduce so much in such a, such a little window, three players from last year's roster, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Taylor Horton Tucker are back from last year. That's wild. And you're doing that yeah. while integrating a new assistant coach, a new offensive system, a new star player in Russell Westbrook, who, good Lord, if, <laughs> if he hasn't helped himself at all this year. Right. And I think if, if you're going to, if you're going to point to any two people in the organization right now, who you want more from it's Rapalinka, And maybe that's a little bit of hindsight, but I also do think there are, moves you could make on the wing and could argue should have been made on the wing with that 15th roster spot that is even is even a more dire need now that LeBron James is out like it's not a luxury anymore you could argue it never was but that wing that wing depth is so essential uh and I think we're going to see that in in the games that they play without LeBron James but also Russell Westbrook the I think people (laughs) expected him to struggle for sure. Yeah. But I did not expect him to struggle this much. And I don't, and listen, I don't anticipate he'll struggle this much for the rest of the season, but he looks rough, like really, really bad out there right now. And it is going to take some time. I think he will figure it out, but the early returns right now have been so discouraging that, to go back to our earlier conversation, I agree. It is hard to evaluate this team at their best because Russell Westbrook could not be playing any worse than he is right now. Yeah. And it's, it hasn't even been like next to LeBron that he's like necessarily struggled. Like he has struggled next to LeBron. I mm-hmm. should say it like that. But LeBron's been out a lot. And in theory, giving him, a player like AD, uh, like big men, lob threats around the rim, he can dump off to shooters. Like in theory, that's a lot of things that help Russ succeed. And boy, he's not succeeding right now. And yeah, I, I don't even really know. Like a lot of it's shot selection, which we kind of knew about coming into the season. Um, I don't know if I've said it on here before. Russ is a crazy smart basketball player. I'm I'm never going to question his basketball IQ. It's wild how many threes he puts up, like knowing yeah. that he is not an efficient scorer. Uh, but even on Saturday, that wasn't the case. He only shot three threes. 
He made one of them. He was 0 of 10 from inside the three-point line. Um, He shoots a lot of those little mid-range shots that are just not efficient, not an efficient basketball shot, and not one he's efficient at. Um, So he's... He's lived up to the billing in terms of like his energy and how hard he plays. I certainly have never questioned that this season. He's trying, but it's like a the work smarter, not harder kind of quote. And right now it's just he's doing a lot of things that um, aren't conducive to, to playing well, like we saw in that Spurs game. You can tell when he's making a concerted effort to get to the rim. And it's no coincidence that that was his best game this season mm-hmm. is he got to the rim. He put his head down and said, I'm going to the basket. Um, I can't recall many times he's done that other than that night. Uh, there's been a couple times. It certainly hasn't been for a whole game. So, But like you said earlier, you trade for Russ to make up when LeBron is out. And that Spurs game was the shining example where I was like, okay, I can breathe a little easier. LeBron's out, but we have Russ. He's going to help get us through this. That's been far from the case so far. Like that was the outlier. Um, the, he has not helped necessarily stabilize things. He's talked about, like in his defense, he's talked about how much like new stuff he's learning when it comes to schemes and things, the Lakers as a whole are kind of revamping or remodeling their offense. Mm -hmm. So everybody's learning there. There's a defensive scheme that everybody uh, aside from AD Avery Bradley and Dwight are learning right now. Um, I ultimately think that's why Avery Bradley's playing a ton is because he's familiar with the, with, a lot of the offensive kind of sets and the defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rust has talked about how it's different, how he's usually used to kind of chasing guys around and going after blocks. And now there's a lot of kind of shepherding guys to the rim where your uh, DeAndre's, your AD's, your Dwight's are to have them kind of deter things. So I I can understand some struggles, but yeah, he's done himself absolutely no favors. Just looking at stat line on Saturday just kind of tells you how wild of a of a ride it's been with Russ. He was one of 13, eight points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, six turnovers, three fouls, and a minus 20. Like he was all over the place, but not all not really in a good way. So I mean <laughs> it I <laughs> I just ultimately think it's kind of the the work smarter, not harder type of mentality. Part of that, though, like we say, just put your head down and get to the rim. You can't really do that when DeAndre's there. Absolutely. And I I think this is why we were paired to do a podcast together, because I swear to God, every time you make a point, you just segue into my next point so well. Bravo. Uh, because dynamic you're abs- duo, <laughs> you're absolutely no one tell no one tell honey. <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like going forward, and even in retrospect, if you're going to blame 
Frank Vogel for anything and criticize him for not doing something soon enough. It is taking DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation, which again is really hard to do right now, given the amount of injuries on the team and given the lack of depth you'd have at forward if you moved Anthony Davis to center full time. But if LeBron James is out and you plan on winning games with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis as your like superstar duo, if you want to call him that, you need to play Anthony Davis at center. You need to put Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis in positions to succeed. We know AD can play center well. Like he's shown it time and time again. And we know Russell Westbrook operates best when he has room to drive in the basket at the basket, especially at this stage of his career, because if there's one thing Russell Westbrook can do, even when he's struggling, it's drive to the basket and finish. Now, does he miss some absolute bunnies at the rim? Of course, he wouldn't be Russell Westbrook if he didn't. <laughs> but for the most part, Russell Westbrook is the most valuable to the Lakers when he's attacking the rim. But he's not going to attack the rim if he doesn't have that space in the paint. That's why. It, it, maybe it's not taking DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation entirely. I think, I don't think DeAndre Jordan's been good, but I don't think he's been as harmful to the team in limited minutes uh, as I think a lot of people have made it, made him out to be. I think once the team is fully healthy, having him as the starter and what, when I say as a starter, I mean somebody that plays like 13, 15 minutes a game can give you those minutes where you you need 80 and somebody else to rest. Um, I think that's fine. If you're Frank right now, just right now, until LeBron gets back and you have a better idea of what this team looks like when they're whole and everybody's firing on all cylinders, you need to play Anthony Davis at center more, if not exclusively. Uh, and I think if Frank were to lose his job or become the scapegoat of this team, that is one area where I would look back and say, that's probably how you could have avoided it is making that one change. I hope it doesn't come to that. And again, I don't think it will. I don't know where these, the Lakers are a win or, or a loss or two away from, from getting Frank out of there. I don't know where that came from. I think it's just Lakers fans overreacting nine, 10 games into the season, which is after years of covering this team, something that is very common. Part um, of course. <laughs> but if it were to happen, that is where I'd say, like, okay, I get it. He that 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 is something right when you say Frank could be doing more. I'm not thinking about rotations or late game management. He had like a he subbed Dwight in that Thunder game the other day when Dwight was on a roll, and I thought that was a mistake. But I don't think that's a fireable offense. <laughs> no. Not trying to get the most out of rest and AD when LeBron is out and dropping games for that reason to me is a fireable offense. 
So I'll play devil's advocate a bit. Um, if I, I don't think it has as much to do with AD playing the five and like being against that, it's that as currently available and constructed, if AD is playing the five, who's playing the four? Because it's Mello right now. Mello's been amazing. Like yes. he's been better than anything we could have hoped. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're playing Mello at the four, assume that that's your starting lineup. Russ, Mello, AD, whatever two wing guys, Bradley and Bazemore. What do you do when AD's out of the game or when Mello's out of the game? Like who's your four at that point? Because I think that's the problem right now. And that's, again, I that's not something Vogel can control. Exactly. That's, that's a roster construction mm-hmm. problem. And you kind of made the point earlier. I was more on board with what the Lakers were doing with that 15th roster spot when it was just open. It was when they claimed Avery Bradley off waivers that I was like, what are we doing here? Because there was a very, very clear hole. Didn't even need hindsight for it. There was a very, very clear hole on the wing. And then you lost Trevor Ariza during the preseason. You had time to go. Everybody loves to mention James Ennis. He's probably way too hyped up at this point because (laughs) he's kind of been that guy that's been out there for a while. He's not going to be the player that uh, maybe we need necessarily, but he's a body that can play on the wing that could probably be a, a stretch four. I don't know how much he's played there in the recent years, but um, he's a wing that's available that they brought in. He must have had the worst workout ever because, like, I don't understand uh, necessarily why they didn't bring him into the team because it felt like a very clear hole in the team and a very clear solution. Uh, last season in Orlando, 17% of his minutes came at power forward, according to Cleaning the Glass. It was 24% the year before, and it's never been anywhere near that outside of those two years. So he's capable. If you're pairing him with Dwight, with DeAndre, in this case with AD, then he's probably fine. So when it comes to the, the AD at the five, I – Look, I am wholly on board with AD at the five. I mm-hmm. thought those two Houston games was like, all right, he's he's figured it out. DeAndre, there's been times DeAndre's looked good and the team has still struggled because it's just what he does to the offense. Like just having a center like him on the floor just bogs down the offense too much. So it's almost like not his fault that um what impact or negative impact he's having. But when he went to AD those two games, I was like, all right, he's figured it out. We're going AD. And then like immediately he's like, oh no, we're going to go back to the big lineup. And it was just like, why? Like we, the, it looked good. Those two games, like don't mm-hmm. go back to it. So I would say the one thing that, like I said, that maybe this is why is there's just not enough bodies available for minutes at the four. Um, unless you're going to play Kent Bazemore as a stretch four. Um, but maybe when LeBron comes back, we go back to it. I don't know. Maybe if THT comes back, he played some minutes as like a four during the preseason, but that's when we had nobody available. This is a roster construction issue again, more than anything for me though. 
Yeah, it is to me. And, you know, talking about this with you only made me feel it more is the Lakers right now, when it comes to blame, are that like video of Andy, Dwight, and uh, from from the office, the finger guns, and Michael just pointing at each other. That's what it is to me. Anybody that is making the Lakers struggles a singular issue, firing Frank, uh, playing AD at the five, there is there is no answer, especially without LeBron James. And that is the biggest thing to me. Without LeBron James, this is all pointless. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not, there's not, there's not one answer to how to fix the Lakers. And I, I, I think that's a, a cause for concern. I think if you're a Lakers fan, that worries me a bit. And um, it's not something that can be fixed right away either. Like, even even if the Lakers sign Avery Bradley or wave Avery Bradley and sign James Ennis, James Ennis isn't going to be a saving grace for the Lakers. No. So I guess my point is <laughs> just like, uh, you know, roll with the punches, because for the most part, this is what this is what the Lakers have. And so yeah. you root for Russ to get better. You root for everybody on the team to perform well enough to maybe get flipped for more complimentary pieces at the trade deadline. I know I'll be rooting for that because I love the trade deadline. Um, And you root for Rob to, you know, make moves or moves around the margins. It's at this point, it's all hoping for the best with what we've got. Cause buddy, there are no quick fixes to this. I need you to, and I never thought I'd say this. Go to the trade deadline and figure out a way to trade Avery Bradley's non-guaranteed deal for a useful guaranteed contract. <laughs> uh, because yeah, you're you're 100 right. Like, listen, I used to be a very uh, emotional fan who lived and died with every loss, whether it was the Lakers, whether it was baseball, football, college sports. Kind of mellowed out, but I know I, what it's like. I like how you didn't mention soccer. In that, uh, no, I was very upset tonight. <laughs> the galaxy, I'm not okay with tonight. No, I am still an emotional soccer fan. Um, but everyone else I've mellowed out on, so I understand if you want to be frustrated by early November, um, games, NBA regular season games, specifically with this team, this Laker team, it's going to do you no good because, as Christian said. This isn't changing right now. And that was kind of the, the point of, of Harrison's wrap up is from a recap from Saturday is that basically this team is, is like it is until guys get back from injury. The players largely aren't giving a damn that that can change. The effort level level can change, but it, none of this is really going to matter until guys get healthy. And if guys don't get healthy, then what was the point anyway? Like we, it's not, like the season's lost. So it's not a fun answer, but or not a fun outlook. But until your LeBrons come back, it sounds like THT will be back within a week or so. Kendrick Nunn shouldn't be very far behind him until these guys start getting healthy and start 
coming back and contributing. This is what the Lakers are. This is a roster makeup. The rotations aren't really going to change. The minutes played aren't really going to change. This is just who the Lakers are going to be for the next couple of weeks. And if that sounds doom and gloom, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is just the reality of the situation. Uh, we've got Hornets, Heat, Wolves, and Spurs coming up. Tough stretch without LeBron. I'm hoping there are changes made uh, with the way the the way the rotations have been and and, and the starting lineups have been rolled out. Because boy, if if there's not this noise around Frank and it's only going to get louder. So for my sake and the sake of your workload at the site, Jacob, I hope to <laughs> God the Lakers at least split these games. Do you think that's a realistic possibility? Um, It was Heat, Hornet, or Hornets, Heat, Wolves, Spurs. They should beat the Spurs. Yeah, they should beat the Wolves. So, yeah, I would say a split would probably be like bare, bare minimum acceptable. Um. I will say the engagement and the clicks is typically better with losses, <laughs> but uh, my uh, for my mental health, it's a lot more fun to write about wins. So what's more uh, important to you, the clicks or your mental health? At times in my life, it's been the clicks, <laughs> but right now it is my mental health. So yes, two and two would be nice. Should be a fun game tonight as you're listening to this. Uh, LaMelo and the Hornets are really, really fun to watch. Um, they're playing as we record against the Clippers right now. So they'll be on the second night of a back-to-back. So honestly, I almost should pro- think you should probably expect to win that one too. So they should realistically go three and one this week, but do I, do you feel confident saying they should go three and one after what you saw on Saturday? Uh, well, let's hope AD is available. That's, Start with that. Flu, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if AD's healthy and they just let Russ cook for better or for worse, I think they can probably scrape uh, three wins. That would be nice. That would <laughs> that would do wonders to like. It, it is so wild, Lakers Twitter. It's, it is a roller coaster constantly of like extreme highs and very low lows. It's it's like they've listened to they've listened to nothing but. Uh, of what LeBron said over the last three years of just never getting too high and never getting too low, just staying even keeled. Just listen to LeBron, listen, listen to us, listen to Frank, stay patient. But also if, you know, after games, you have this feeling of like, where the hell is Alex Cruz? <laughs> Those <laughs> that one, totally yeah, valid he, too. <laughs> you deserve to be upset about that one. I was ready uh, to just say we can just speak in LeBronisms for the next but keep the main thing the main thing guys. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's show. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh with a post game show for that Spurs game on Sunday and uh, hopefully we have good stuff to talk about.